Hey guys, Future Mike jumping in before we get this episode rolling to let you know about a contest that actually got scheduled after this episode got recorded. It's November. That means that the En-ROADS Ministries website has been up for a full year now. We'll be giving away a $25 gift certificate to one of our favorite friendly online gaming stores, Cool Stuff Inc. All you have to do for your chance to win is go to the En-ROADS site, sign up for our monthly content newsletter. Don't worry if images of exploding spam folders came to mind when I said that. The, the newsletter will only appear at the end of the month and it will be filled with excerpts and links to the content that we've put out on the site in the previous month. On December 1st, I'll pick one of our newsletter subscribers at random to receive this prize. Uh, I'll be adding a link to the, the post for this episode, too. I'm sure the other guys won't mind. Speaking of them, I'm going to let them take over and just get this episode started. Enjoy episode 87. Future Mike, out. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is the Halloween episode, sort of, kind of. The after-action report Halloween episode. Yeah, it's Halloween night right now. It's also episode, like, 87, I think. My name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. Uh, so what was uh, Halloween like on your end of the uh, country? Well, I don't know about the end of the country, but I will say that in my particular neighborhood, it was dead. And not in the creepy, ooh, it's Halloween kind of Not day. in the good way. I'm talking in the no one came by at all kind okay, of way. Okay, so I don't know if that's a universal or not. Now, on my side of the country, it's raining hard. So we didn't have any trick-or-treaters. That's, these things happen. That happen. It happens at every childhood's, every child's childhood at some point. But I'll tell you what, in general, Halloween's a downer around here. Like, I don't get it. What's up with the lack of community? The, the, like, I mean, even people putting out pumpkins and, and spiders on their doors and ghosts in their trees and stuff like that. What, when did everybody become so cynical and sad? I don't know, but I, I'm definitely getting that vibe as well. There are parts of town, not my town, but like towns not too far from here that are really getting into the spirit of things, but we're... But, but they're like so unique now, they get like mentioned on the news. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's dead around here. So, I did have one good Halloween experience, though. Okay. We had our Halloween night at board game night this week. Nice. I did not know it was going to be Halloween night, because <laughs> I didn't read the meetup. But, uh, so we did have a couple of good geeky costumes and some candy and played a lot of board games. So, that was fun. That sounds great. <laughs> Uh, I have been playing a ton of board games lately. I've, in fact, I've been playing a ton of games. I've been playing video games. I haven't played a video game in, like, forever. Yeah, I've, I've been playing XCOM a lot in in build-up to the XCOM board game, which has now... I, st- I still don't have the official date on it. It's still listed as end of this year. But the XCOM board game is available for pre-order on a couple of my, my go-to sites, and so I'm very excited about that. So I've been playing XCOM, the computer game, kind of to, you know, just take the edge off. Well, and what's the uh, what's the other game you play a lot? You'd have to narrow that one down. The, uh, the like, the, the MOBA kind of thing. Smite. Smite. So I have never in my life played a MOBA. I tried one this week. I got to play Heroes of the Storm. Ah, and I don't get what all the fuss is about. <laughs> no, I, I 
as a guy who's played a bunch of the MOBAs that are like that one, I both get it and don't get it. Like, I, I played for quite a while. I played League of Legends, I played Dota, I played all those games for a while. I understand conceptually what's appealing to it. The reason that I've been getting into Smite lately is not only because I have people that I play with, like actual living, breathing people that I know that I play with. The other reason is because it's controlled, you know, like like most of the computer games of our generation with WASD, and you don't have to furious click every five seconds. That so. would be nice, yeah. Speaking of people to play with... Uh, I kind of have an announcement, I guess. I'm on PSN now. I saw that. Me. Makes me wish that I had one. I've uh, I've never played. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe at a friend's house or something, but I've basically never been a PlayStation guy. Um, I can't remember, Mike. Did we talk about Shadows of Mortar on the episode last week? We did. The grab bag episode. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, we last week we mentioned, I mentioned that Shadows of Mortar's first game of the new generation that had me thinking, well, this might be worth putting some money down for. Um, well, my TV went kaputski. I hate it when that happens. So I needed to buy a new TV, and while I was in the process of tearing down the old TV and disconnecting everything and having access to the the horrible, you know, beholder that is the wiring behind my entertainment center, um, I was like, well, maybe it's time... And you would not believe how much money I got at GameStop trading in stuff that's like 10 years old. (laughs) I traded in my Xbox and all my Xbox games and my Wii. I got money for my Wii. Now that's impressive. And all of my Wii games and all my controllers and, and accessories and all that kind of stuff and ended up getting a PS4 down too what I consider is a really reasonable, like, normal console price. And so I picked that up. I picked up Shadows of Mordor and Destiny as well. So uh, if you want to play with me on PlayStation, uh, I am, as always, Magdelor, M-A-G-D-E-L-O-R. So uh, send me a friend request, and we'll shoot at each other. (laughs) Or with each other in Destiny. We We could do it either way. So, man, I know you've been playing a lot because... You played for a whole day. Yes, I did. Yes, so what, I what did. What did you play for a whole day? Man, I'd have to narrow that down. Uh, I can say that I got to bring out my favorite game that I own. I got to play City of Remnant for the first time since last year. I I absolutely love it. I was horrible. I I think I can't. And I did no. I did come in second, so it wasn't that bad. But man, did we just get destroyed by the. The gentleman who was playing the the red gang, which is the the bruisers, the guys who were designed to fight, he basically ruined the other person's day by camping out in front of her kind of walk in zone to the board. And yeah, it was it was great. It was like four hours of playing that game. That was it was. I, Speaking of online shooters, it uh, <laughs> sounded like you were describing an online shooter. Well. If you've never played City of Remnant, what basically happens is that you get little gang members, little little plastic guys, and in order to get them onto the board, each gang has their own little special space on the board where they enter into the board. Well, if somebody from another gang happens to park themselves on that space, it makes getting more guys on there really difficult. 
And so the gentlemen, like, each gang has their own special little thing they're good at. And there's one of the gangs that's really good at fighting. They're exceptionally good at fighting. So he just marched his little guys over there and camped. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was a great, great game. Uh, I look forward to hopefully getting to play that again sometime before next year. <laughs> I got to play a lot of games that came back from Gen Con. I got to play Abyss. I got to play Sheriff of Nottingham. Did you? Uh, oh, yeah. Tell me about Sheriff of Nottingham. Sheriff of Nottingham is hilarious, and, and you can listen to the the last podcast episode to get a small section. Uh, there, the Sheriff of Nottingham game is actually why the last episode got named what it got named, which is I Will Be Bread Queen. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham is basically you're trying to smuggle in various goods of both legal and not-so-legal classification, and... Each turn, somebody will be taking the role of the sheriff. I basically heard one of the guys, uh, one one reviewer call it customs the game. Right. Because basically what the sheriff's job is, is the, the sheriff is like, all right, what are you bringing in? You know, how many are you bringing in? And everybody has to tell them one, you can declare one type of item and you have to say exactly how many are in the bag. Now you can be lying through your teeth and it's the sheriff's job to determine whether or not you're lying or telling the truth. If you're lying, he's supposed to stop you, check your bag, and various penalties will be assigned. If he says go ahead, you don't you don't necessarily have to go through any checks or anything. You you bring all your markets to good, all your goods to market, sorry. Tally up at all the stuff that you've got including contraband, which is everything from pepper all the way up to crossbows and the the where this game shines is in the the back and forth between players because the sheriff can say what are you going to give me to not open that bag because i'm pretty confident you're lying to me and the person can can bribe you with stuff that's in the bag they can promise you favors next time they're sheriff they can Basically, like, I'm going to give you ten bucks to check his bag instead of mine. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you can get going on on this this back and forth to let you into market. And, holy cow, the the conversations that were happening, um, I yelled a lot about the fact that I would be bread queen. So anytime somebody declared that they were bringing bread to market, I kind of just stood up at the table and shouted, I will be bread queen. Because because whoever has the most of a specific item is the king. Logically, whoever has the second most is the queen. And that gives you bonuses at the end of the game. Okay. So, it was... I, I could explain it further, but it wouldn't tell you why this game is awesome. Because it's the kind of game that must be experienced. It is a social game. Because the actual mechanics are kind of dull and boring. It is the back and forth between who's playing the sheriff and who are the who are the other players and who's going to, you know, bribe the sheriff to go get who and who's going to just carry on old grudges from the past round. That's the stuff that makes Sheriff of Nottingham fantastic. So you would think I would love those things. But that, you would that, think. That sentence that you just used. You said basically the mechanics are meh. But it's got a lot of cool social interaction. Right. 
I'm running low, low on patience for those games. There has been a run on them. It's There's a lot of them that are out there right now. You know, there has been. And in general, they're the kind of smaller games. Card Game, Coup, uh, Avalon, Werewolf. They're bluffing games, I guess, is, is what you would call it, right? It's a, I mean, they're bluffing games. And I, I like them, but I'm just kind of a little overexposed right now. And I think there's value in that. I think there's a, there's something to be said about the fact that you can only have so many things doing the same thing without it getting old. I mean, even if it's done well, like we were just talking last time about Ascension and whether or not it's going to stick around now that so many people are doing deck building. Right. But I, I will say that if you don't have one or if you haven't gotten burnt out on that, holy cow, is Sheriff of Nottingham a ton of fun. Well, and that's one of those things where it's like, may, if, if you're one of the guys or girls who started in on this, like from the very beginning, so the, the early bluffing games, you've played three or four or five of them now, and you've probably been playing them just about every week because they're a great little, like, hey, there's 20 people at the game night, and we can't play a 20-person game, but we can play a 12-person game of Werewolf, and a bunch of us will play, and it'll be a bonding moment. Then we'll split and go to groups, right? The problem is, is then you kind of get to that point where these new games come out, and of course I'm interested in it. For goodness sake, it's got Robin Hood theme. But at the same time, you're not as interested as you would have been because you've experienced all these. On the other end, if you're not somebody who's been playing these games for a long time, you're in, like, goldmine land. Right. Because you've got a huge selection of these kind of games, and it's it's not just these games. I mean, it's, you know, there are there are trends, there are always trends. You know, last year it was drafting and deck building, and uh, this year it seems to be bluffing games and whatever. But uh, if you haven't been doing that, you get the, the awesome decision to pick the very best one and, and use that as your game of choice. But yeah, apparently Sheriff of Nottingham, the release date got pushed back to middle of November. Yeah. So I, if... I, like, how did you, you... Did you get it at Gen Con? Is that what I happened? got it at Gen Con. Okay, yeah. It's like, it's, I looked today and it's not out. <laughs> no, it, it's coming out middle of November. So if you guys are looking for a bluffing game, I will highly recommend Sheriff of Nottingham. If you're looking for an opportunity just to be absolutely silly and... <laughs> you know what's awesome about bluffing games? They cheap. Oh, yeah. Like 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, Sher- Sheriff of Nottingham wasn't bad. It was a little bit more just because the components are great. There are, are inserts that help with the various, controlling the various discard piles, and the money is all really solid cardboard that's punched out, and, and the component quality is great. So it is a little bit more expensive as far as most other bluffing games go, but it's not bad at all. Did you get to play anything else that was, you know, I'm sure you played a ton of stuff. I did. I'm sure I, you went through the entire backlog of games in 24 hours, but did you play anything that's that's awesome and worth talking about? Well, that's the thing. Like, I can't really point to, oh my gosh, this thing was fantastic, because I've already talked about most of the games that right. I played. And that's totally understandable for a day like that. Right. But, I, you know, I kind of like it. And it's it started up a trend over the past couple times I've sat down to game, because... Getting a lot of these games off the shelf, in this case, literally off the shelf, they're still in the boxes. I brought them out last weekend. 
getting these games off the shelf and getting them back onto the table makes me want to get a bunch of my older games. As much we're as big into the quote unquote cult of the new as anybody else, we like to talk about new games and what's coming out. Heck, I started this podcast talking about uh, XCOM, and that's not even out yet. I, I've got five games that I think have all come out in like the last month, right on my list. So, but it was really, really nice for me who has spent spent so much time with new game, new game, new game because of this podcast and because of the ministry, to kick back and go back to some of these older games. I was yeah, I playing it. I was playing Ascension. Thursday night, I, I introduced my buddy to Ascension. We were just talking about the fact that Ascension's probably on its way out, but it'd still find table time. Right. I brought it to the table, and we had a ton of fun. My buddy, who'd never played it before, wiped the floor with me. <laughs> and we had a ton of fun with that game, so it's really good. To get, like, we were just playing uh, King of Tokyo. King of New York's out. Everyone's talking about that as the new hotness, but I'm still playing King of Tokyo. You know, and I think, I mean, we can get kind of, you know, deep in this. We can go whatever way we wanted to go, you know, down into the science even of it. It's a different brain state. Right. When you're playing the games, a game you're comfortable with. You, your experience, you're literally, your physical mental experience of the game is different. And, uh, again, I like I said, I got five new games on my list for this episode, but it's really nice to just sit down and play a game you're familiar with. Uh, you know, I got, as part of the uh, tabletop Indiegogo, I got Ticket to Ride on Steam. Oh, nice. I have Ticket to Ride in, like, every format you can imagine. You wouldn't think that I'd be like, oh, hey, cool, let's play this. But you know what? I'm sitting at my computer playing. Uh, it's like, oh, man, I got ten minutes before I got to do the ticket to ride. Bam! Yep. So much fun. And it's it's like playing solitaire in a sense. Yeah, there, there's just something about digging out the old games and playing them again. Like, now granted, I just we, we played Sheriff of Nottingham. We played Abyss. We played, you know, a, a handful of things that I brought home from Gen Con. So it wasn't like we were just going in there with no, the no. intention of playing these old games, but the more they came out, like, especially with City of Remnant. City of Remnant is now two years old. That's true. But that's, it's, I, I think, like, three years is about to cut off. Right. Yeah, no, I I love, I, I loved getting out these older games, and City of Remnant was my game of the year last year. It would probably be top ten this year. And the fact that I, I, I got to bring it out again will probably keep it fresh and, and high up there in my rankings for years to come because I just, every once in a while, I'll just bust it out again and remember why I love it as much as I do. All right, Luke, you mentioned like five or six games that you've been I, playing. I do. I have I'm, a giant I'm really pile curious. Of games that I have played recently. Um, don't really know why, don't know how. It's just one of those things that happened. A lot of new games showed up in my life uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, so. Uh, I guess I'll let you decide. So we've got Osushi, Machi Koro, uh, Istanbul, Lords of Zidit, and Loot Letter. Which one do you want? Wow, that is a lot of greatness. But because of the fact that I've been trying to get my hands on a copy myself, I want to hear about your experience with Machi Koro. All right, so uh, this is a game that is uh, it's a card game, really relatively simple. Uh, imagine if 
Suburbia, the the new one is subdivision. Very confusing. Suburbia uh, had a baby with Settlers of Catan. At one point, I remember watching a video review of it, and I I said to myself, this looks like Cities of Catan. Like, if you only focused on the city on the island of Catan, because it's basically just rolling dice, getting resources, getting more stuff, right? Yes. Um, So the way it goes is you have uh, 12 different building types. Uh, so and the buildings are ranked one to twelve, or they're numbered one to twelve. Uh, you have you start off the game with, um, I think, a, a building number one and a building number two, and then there each player has four uh, sort of uber buildings that uh, cost quite a bit more to uh, bring into play. Also give you very powerful abilities uh and once you have brought all four of those games into play you win the game so what you have is uh basically three types of cards you have cards that will give you money the money is the only resource in this game they will give you money if you roll and hit their number so let's say you have a number one and you you roll a one you're like, oh, awesome, I get that much money. However much it happens to be for that. The second type of card is you get money whenever anybody rolls that number, a la Settlers of Catan. And the third kind is when somebody rolls that number, bad things happen to somebody. Okay, And basically, the way it works is you start off only rolling one die you need to unlock the ability to roll two dice. So, of course, the higher-level buildings, they're just completely out of play at that point. And so you'll start off by purchasing the one through six buildings. Most of the one through six buildings, well, that's not true. Uh, Buildings kind of either become sort of resource generators. I guess it's a city, right? So you can think about it in terms of raw materials, processing uh, of those raw materials, and social buildings. So you might have a farm, and the farm uh, can produce things for the the pig factory. Um, you might have a cafe. You might have things like that. And the various buildings synergize together. So let's say a forest works with the furniture production building. Right, if you have lots of forest, when you hit the furniture production number, you get lots of rewards, and uh, that's basically the entire game. It sounds lame, but it's really fun. I will say, however, that it's a little brokey, just a little bit. As in, there's like buy this and you will win kind of way, right? Or? Because it's dice, and the simple fact of the matter is, seven comes up most often. True. And the seven in this game is, I think it's a cheese factory, something like that. And so uh, if you have a ranch, you get a bunch. With I, I could be getting the names wrong. I, I played this a while ago. But, but the basic idea is you could buy something really, really cheap, and every time you roll sevens, you get humongous amounts of points. So if I was building the game, I wouldn't have made the, the superpower for a point generator a seven right um 
you know, and yes, there is one that's also, I think it's an eight that's similar, but seven will come up more than eight. It's just the way of things. So for me, this is the kind of game that's really going to be awesome to play a couple of times. And then pretty quickly, you will really understand the game and you will sort of master the game. And then you can play it, but you're playing it... Well, honestly, you're playing it the way I play Ticket to Ride. My Ticket to Ride skill level is as high as it gets. Okay, and the people I play with, their skill level is as high as it gets. You know, it's almost like playing against chess computers, right? You, you know what they're going to do. Well, you don't, but the computer knows, and the programmer would know. And, and now it's just a matter of, well, what cards come up? Right. You know, and you're almost playing through just for the drama of the thing. You don't care whether you win or lose. But but it's still that kind of fun, positive experience. Yeah, let's see how this is going to go. Oh, I got this before you did it. Ha, 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 ha. Kind of a kind of game. I think this is going to be that kind of game. And 20 bucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anybody is looking at Machikoro to be like, this is going to be the greatest game ever that is going to be my favorite of all time. I think it is generally considered a filler game. And I think from what I've seen and what you just talked about, I think it'll fill that spot pretty nicely. I think it will too. I think it absolutely will. I think about, well, I'll tell you about another game that I played, a game called Loot Letter. Well, that's Munchkin Love Letter. How does that work? It's just Love Letter with a Munchkin theme. Is that all it is? That's all it is. Okay. And my copy of Love Letter had a theme that I can't even remember at the moment because I so don't know what it is and I don't care. But I didn't realize that I was buying the themed version when I bought it. Right. So I'd much... For me, it's just giggles. More fun to play with potted plants and ducks of doom and giant piles of loot. Right. Now... Is there anything else besides the retheming? Because if I was going to get a rethemed version of Love Letter, they just announced a Batman one today. Well, I didn't know that. I bought it before. I've heard about well, that. I'm just, but I'm just saying. Is there anything about this so. one that's different? I haven't different? sat down and looked, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. So, in other words, what you're saying is, if you already own Love Letter, there's no real reason to get this one. Well, I did. If <laughs> Uh, You're a know, special case, Luke. Uh, I hate right. to tell you. <laughs> uh, but it's ten bucks. You know, it's like no, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for those of us who are listening, right. who are trying to figure out if it's worth buying, it seems That's like, like if saying, you don't... do you need to buy? Like, do you need to buy another version of Flux? No, but it's fun. <laughs> you but, know. but you're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of what that one is. And anyway, the reason I brought up Loot Letter is because this is a game that is masterable, right? You know when to play the cards and when not to play them. And you can't... That doesn't mean you can win every time. It means you know how to make the right move every time. Right. This is like tic-tac-toe. You can programmatically create the best tic-tac-toe player. I know because anybody who took programming in college, which I did had to <laughs> right uh, and so you can play a perfect game of tic-tac-toe does that mean you will win every time no but it's it is still a perfect game based on what happens and of course when you add in randomness that changes things even more but this is a game where the, you, you can theoretically play a perfect game 
Is that make it not fun? No, of course it's not. Doesn't it's a whole lot of fun. Well, and even in a game that's fairly well known, that you you kind of know how it's going to go, and you you've planned out things. I I was just saying as we were playing Love Letter on, on during the Extra Life event, uh, one of my favorite games of extra of uh, of Extra Life, one of my favorite games of Love Letter that I've ever played was when one person played a guard. They they guessed perfectly what the person was. Next person played a guard, guessed perfectly what the person was. Next person played exactly. a guard, guessed perfectly. It was three guards played, all Game were over. correct. Game right. over. See, that's that's exactly what I mean. You know, last night playing Loot Letter, we had a situation where the same sequence of cards, and it's one of those sequences in the game which you're locked into. You know, there are sequences where you have to play things, but you know when you play this, you're giving away your hand. And the right. next turn, you're going to lose. Um, the same sequence hit like three or four times in a row on the same guy. You know, <laughs> and it's there's nothing to do about that but just to laugh and joke and have fun and play, you know? And that's the kind of games these are. All right. So, we'll what, talk about... What else is left on the list? <laughs> uh, Sushi, Istanbul, and Lords of Zedit. Okay, I'm gonna save Lords of of Zidit because I I want to know about that game, but I want to talk. Let's talk Istanbul because for a while there, when Istanbul first came out, everybody was talking about that one. There were there were some people that were even putting it up there for Spiel des Jahres. What is? I've never even heard of it other than the fact that everyone talks about it. All right, so the game I, last episode, two episodes ago, I don't remember. Um, I talked uh, about another game. Um, called Five Tribes. Right. And the deal with Five Tribes is it's a grid of cards. Uh, not car- not cards in the sense of like playing cards, but cards in the- and tile. A grid of tiles um, that get laid out randomly. And you move your units around and you leave behind uh, part of your tower of chits. And uh, that's how the-, and the game plays out. Our- Go back to the last episode. Uh, it, Istanbul is very similar. <laughs> uh, so you have a series of tiles. Each tile will give you certain abilities, will give you certain... Uh, you can do different things on different tiles. You can uh, get uh, money on one tile. You can get resources on another tile. You can uh, you know, you can buy and sell and trade in black market and, and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, and again, you have a tower of of chits that you are moving along. Uh, you are leaving behind chits as you go. It's a little bit different in the sense that you don't leave behind one in every spot. You do have a set movement. But, but otherwise, the games are very, very similar. Um, whereas Five Tribes has these jins you buy. Uh, this game has just little tiles that you can pick up that give you additional abilities. Um, And the victory condition in this game, though, is very different. The victory condition is to get X number of gems. And you can get the gems through a a bunch of different ways. Uh, You can buy the gems straight up. You can trade resources for the gems. You can get enough special abilities uh, to get you... uh, You get certain special abilities. Once you have those, you get a gem... 
Um, and the number of gems depends on the number of, of players. But uh, that's basically the game. Uh, you move around, you activate tiles, uh, eventually you run out of chits, and you need to get back to your starting position to rebuild your tower of chits. Um, and that's kind of what it is. Is it a good game? It is. Is Five Tribes better? It is. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's a bit of a problem. Um, but yeah, it was a good game. I had fun with it. Um, I won. That That's and always going to increase the fun factor. I, I, yeah, I guess. You know, it's okay. Okay, let, let's move on then to the sushi one. I want to save Zidit for last. Let's go to the All sushi right. game. So, Oh Sushi is real simple. It's a fast drafting set collection game. You are drafting sushi. And the different sushi have different rules. The nigiri, obviously nigiri uh, in sushi land, is a, it's a one piece that you eat, right? And so each of the nigiri has a point value. And you get those points just for drafting those those uh, pieces. Um, others, dumplings, uh, not sushi, but, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you get uh, increasing number of points depending on uh, how many dumplings you have, and it, it grows kind of exponentially. Other uh, uh, rolls, uh, whoever has the most rolls at the end of a round, at the end of a draft, uh, will get points for that, and I think maybe also whoever has the second most. And uh, sashimi. Now, sashimi, you uh, if you get three of those, uh, you get points. So you, if you get a set of those, you get points. And then there are a couple of little special cards. There are the dessert. It's a pudding. By the way, if you ever are going to eat Chinese puddings, Japanese puddings, don't. Just don't. Okay. <laughs> Just skip it. <laughs> um, uh, and those are a little bit different in that you keep those through the rounds. The game is played out through three rounds um, where you are drafting, I think, seven cards, something like that, seven or eight. Except that the, the dessert cards, the pudding cards, stay... Uh, round from round, and at the end, whoever has the most gets some bonus points, whoever has the least gets some penalty points. There are chopsticks. You can play the chopsticks. When you play the chopsticks, the next turn you can double draft. Uh, the next uh, turn, I guess is what you'd call it. And then finally, the wasabi. And you can play the wasabi, and next time you play nigiri on top of the wasabi, you get double points. You do that for three, you, know, you draft through, like I said, seven, eight cards, something like that. You do that for three rounds. At the end, whoever has the most points wins. This is the kind of game I like for the little in-between game. Very Hanabi-esque, but yeah, you know, I'd rather do that than play a little social game, like, in-between. But, hey, whatever. Personal preference. Okay. A nice, light game. What you would basically assume when you hear you get, let's play Oh Sushi! Right. Oh, hey, I have played a lot of different sushi games. Sushi is a thing. <laughs> I love the fact that there are. Like, I know a couple of them off the top of my head. So I love the fact that there can there may someday be a genre of. Well, sushi and I, I think game. like pretty soon here, there's a game about walks coming out. I don't. I don't of know. course, there is. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, Lords of Zidit. Yes, this one looks awesome, and I can't wait. How to spell Lords of Zidit? It's like Lords of Dixit, but backwards. Well, yeah, it, it's actually set. It's set in the same thematic world as Seasons, which is another game that I like a lot. So, 
So, Lords of Dixit, uh, you have a board that has uh, towns, kingdoms, something like that. Uh, uh, there's maybe 20 to 25 of them, somewhere in there. Um, and each of those, they're connected by uh, roads. And the roads come in three, four colors, maybe. Red, blue, black. There could be a green or a yellow. I don't remember. But uh, they're connected by colored roads. That's what's important. And uh, at any given time on the board of those 20 or 25 towns, five of them will have resources. And five of them will have monsters. The resources are workers. Uh, you get a farmer is the weakest, and then moving up, farmer, archer, knight, cleric, wizard. If I messed one of those up, sorry, but you get the idea. And the monsters, the way you defeat the monsters, is by having a certain collection of those. So maybe one monster needs two farmers. Well, he's probably going to be a pretty weak monster. Uh, Another one might need uh, a knight, a cleric, and a wizard. Well, he's going to be a... powerful monster that's going to take you out. Um, And so you move through the game, you defeat these monsters. When you defeat the monsters, each monster has three rewards. And you get to choose two of them. Uh, The first type of reward is money. The second is castles. And the third is influence. So, money's pretty simple. You take the money, you put it behind your shield. By the way, everything you have in the game... Is hidden behind a shield. I love uh, I love that. Anytime that you're hiding your resources so a person can't look at you and go, oh, you've got so much stuff, I want to get you next. Like, anytime you can hide that, I love that. The castles can get played. They can only get played on the position where you defeated that monster. So if there's already a castle there, you're out of luck. Uh, and you can build castles up to four castles high. And the influence then can get played on any territory. Now, if you kind of imagine the territories are bounded by the roads. Okay, so you've got a grid of of towns that are connected by roads. So each town is a node and you can then put your influence uh, on the things around. And what happens then is at the very end of the game there is a series of eliminations. Uh, now, we normally talk about elimination games and don't like them. This is just only this is just the victory conditions. This is how you win the game. And their eliminations are money, castles, and influence. Now, those happen randomly, though the random order is determined at the beginning of the game. So you know what's coming. So you go through and you say, okay, at the end of the game, who has the most money? Well... Actually, I guess it's whoever has the least money. They get knocked out. All right, then you go to the next one. Maybe that one was castles. All right, whoever has the least castles, they get knocked out. And it goes on down until there's one person standing. And that is Lords of Zidit. Except, it's not, because I forgot the most important part. The way, the one thing that makes this game different is that everything happens programmatically. So at the beginning of the round, you get a uh, you got a little card wheel thing where you program in six six I think it's six could be seven moves, uh, and the moves are each of the different color roads. So you might say I'm gonna my first move I'm gonna move 
on the red road. Then other, another of the moves is take an action. And to take an action, you're either attacking a monster or taking a resource. And uh, there's another move that is stand still. So you're programming six or seven of these. Well, any game that has programming a la Robo Rally, you know what's going to happen is the plans of mice and men often go awry. Uh, so you may think, okay, I'm going to move red and then blue, and that's going to get me to the city with the big monster, so I'm going to do an action to kill the big monster, and then I'm going to move over and do another action to recruit, but by the time you get to the monster, somebody else has already gotten to the monster and killed it, so there's no monster there, so when you do your action, you've wasted a turn. Uh, and so that's kind of Lords of Zidit in, uh, in a nutshell. Well, I like how it's not the same game necessarily. The, the order in which you go by the eliminations isn't the same. Like You can't be like, oh, I'm going to run and get money because our first round is money every time. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, is, the eliminations, and we all kind of went, what? There's eliminations? What? That doesn't make it, that's lame. It's, it's really the wrong word for it. Right. It's victory conditions. Right. Is what it is. But instead of having the victory condition where you have the most points, it's if you have the least on anything, you lose. So there can be a guy who has a huge amount of influence but if the first elimination criteria is gold and he doesn't have enough gold it doesn't matter how much influence he has he's gone right and so you have to pay attention to the the elimination order you have to try to see what your other players are doing um you know you mentioned that you like games where you hide resources um, there's a couple of different mechanics for hiding resources in this game. One of them is, uh, you know, the the shield. Uh, the, Where the, you're physically the, the, hiding them. Yeah, the DM screen. Also, the, the large center section of the board, uh, rather than just throwing your influence on the board where everybody can look at it and say, okay, well, this guy's got five influence on this board, or on this section, has essentially a piggy bank where you can stick your influence in there. And if you're not paying attention, not counting, well, you don't know how much influence your friend, your the your opponents uh, have put in there. And so that's kind of a secret thing, too, at the end of the game, just to add a little bit of flair to it. Um, that said, um, the secretiveness, not really all that important in this game. <laughs> Uh, it's it's kind of an open secret, so to speak. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard to figure out what your opponents have. Right, but it, but at that point, it's not just open that you can be on your phone or whatever. In order to, yeah, to you know what other to, people... You have to pay attention. That's true. that's true. You have to be part of the game to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. The fact that that keeps bringing you back... Because I'm the first one to say, you know, be in the game, be in the moment. But every once in a while, I'll get distracted with a conversation. Or, you know, if we're playing in somebody's living room, like the the TV's on. I'll catch a little bit of the episode or whatever. And I'll have to catch back up to what's happening. We all do at some point or another. So if there's anything in a game that says, in order to play this game well, one must be paying attention. I like that. So... For us, the gameplay... I, I won again. It's a good week for you. It was. I, I, I guess I have gotten a bit of a reputation as we don't want to play with him because he wins <laughs> every time. Just, I don't think it's true. Uh, my memory doesn't work that way, but hey, whatever. Um, I play a lot of games. 
So picking up games fast is an acquired skill. Right. And, you know, we're cheaters because we play a gigantic pile of games. We, we play a lot of games. So, uh, so yeah, those are the games that I have I, I played. I think Machi Koro is the winner of the bunch. I think that's... If, if there was a game... Well, I bought the letter, but uh, if there was a game I was going to actually put money down on, uh, it would be Machi Koro. I also thought Osushi was fun. The two bigger games, I think there are probably better games to play. Uh, I don't... There was a whole lot of frustration in the programming. And maybe we're just too dumb to realize what's going to happen in the programming. I don't know. But we talked about it a while back with Robo Rally. I don't like programming. I just don't. And so that... I mean, it's a good game, but for me, the programming is a down. I'm curious to get my hands on it, just because I'm not huge into Robo Rally, but I think just the way this functions is not as bad. It's not. It's not. <laughs> so so I think that I could get over the initial like little jump I'd have to make to get into it, but I still I still want to check it out. Yeah, and uh you know, it's definitely a good game. Just not a great game. That's what I I would say. I do want to talk about a couple other things that are coming up either just happened or coming soon. Sure. Uh just in terms of advising people that they are uh they are happening or going to be you, you mentioned XCOM that's coming out. Uh, uh, there's another game coming out. Uh, it's supposedly third quarter 2014. I think it's probably going to be first quarter 2015. But Star Wars Imperial Assault. I need it. I need it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it is essentially Descent, Mice and Mystics, all of the games that are... All of the D&D games where... But Star Wars themed, old school Star Wars themed. We're talking Luke Skywalker, ATSTs, Wookies, yeah, and it looks amazing. And the minis are awesome, and I love that kind of game. It's the role playing game light that I can just pick up and play with my family, and I want it. Speaking <laughs> of things that I want, Power Grid Deluxe. It looks oh my pretty. goodness. I need pretty. it. Uh, so I think it's the 10th anniversary of Power Grid, something like that. Everybody, if you've listened to this show, you know my love for Power Grid. And it's so pretty with real good money and a nice board. And it's pretty. And I need it. It's also 60 bucks, so I don't need it that bad. Nice. But, <laughs> um, and finally, uh, if you are looking to spend lots of money on games... But for a good cause, the Jack Vassal Memorial Auction is happening right now on BoardGameGeek. You can go, you can buy stuff for a whole lot of money, but for a good reason. And and I will tell you that we're not ta- just talking about, oh, look at this game that's out of print, or oh, look at it. We're talking about kind of amazing experiences some of them are, yeah. I mean, like I saw one. Uh, we've, there's a, a game coming out. We've talked about uh, on the show. Uh, is it called Kings of Israel? Is that what it's called? Yes, Kings of Israel. You can be a king of Israel. Like they will put you into the game as one of the kings of Israel. Like, like they actually have the artist who did all the artwork for the game signed up, saying, "Give me the person's picture, and I will put them in the game." Right. Now, like, it's not going to be like King Luke, 
No, you're, you're just going to be the, the image for David. You'll know that that's I doubt you. I'm not David. <laughs> I doubt it's David. But you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Um, and, and there's also, you know, relatively mundane stuff, too. But yeah. it's a good way to uh, to give back. Uh, it is an auction um, of sorts. It's it's really simple. You just leave a comment and say, this is how much I'm going to pay. And it needs to be more than the guy before you. Yeah, and... if, if, you're, if you're familiar with the way Board Game Geek works, then you're very well set on how to do the Jack Fassel auction. If you're not... Thankfully, there's a lot of places that will explain to you exactly what needs to happen in order to do it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I have said many times, I think I've probably said it on this show, Board Game Geek is the most amazing, horrific website ever. <laughs> it is uh, a mess, but man, the information you get right. on that site. Um, however, they keep the uh, the Jack Vassal play- page super clean. Right. Super clean. I mean, it's just like, here's the thing. It's got, you know, the last couple of bids on it. That's it. You don't have to worry about anything. I, I mean, I, don't I guess you do if... have to sign up so you can, you know, post, but... I don't know if this is the case, but I'm pretty confident there's somebody at BGG whose sole responsibility yeah. during this auction Actually, is to keep... Actually, there's a team of people whose sole is there? responsibility okay. is to keep it. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it runs very smoothly, which I... I you know, there was a time when I tried to be on Board Game Geek. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a forum on there, and we're going to do stuff, and I'm going to keep track of the games I'm playing. No, I just couldn't. I tried real hard, but <laughs> it's just too much effort for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it, it's not pleasant. But this, uh, this auction, definitely check out. Absolutely, and uh, I'm looking it up right now so I can tell you when it ends. It ends... Someday in November, um, no idea. I am really making bad radio right now. The 14th, there it is. 14th. So, uh, you do have some time even after this episode comes out, because I hate talking to you about things that have already happened. Sorry about that. Hey, it's Halloween. (laughs) There's a reason we're not doing a spooky game special or anything like that. No, um, also because I'm a wuss. That's true. It's, an, it's yeah. a documented fact. So, uh, you know, that's I, I just went through a giant pile of games. I'm kind of worn out now, so you should say something <laughs> like... <laughs> well, you know, this, obviously we wanted to make the turn and, and go into the spiritual things. And, you know, as we were talking, I was reminded about an email that we actually got at the Inroads email this... this I think it was this week. I've lost track... You know, many of you guys know that I've had a really long stretch of days here. Um, I'm only just now getting back into the swing of things as my wife has kind of gotten herself back into the swing, the swing of things. So there's a lot of stuff that I had to, to kind of push away up until like right now. So one of the things that I wanted to make sure I got up on was the uh, Inroads email address and to check out and see if anybody needed to respond to anything. And there was an email from a guy named Dan who wrote to us saying that he and a bunch of his buddies are Bible college students and they wanted to do a project where they talked about gaming ministry and they wanted our advice. 
after I got over the initial, that's kind of awesome. I, I talked a little bit about them and they, you know, I interacted with them and the stuff that they were asking about was, okay, if we want to do like an evangelistic event, do we have like a little, little message where it's game related and all this stuff and kind of the stuff that a lot of people do, not only with gaming, but stuff in general, like culture in general, Comic-Con. Oh yeah, we should totally talk about like Superman and our messages, you know. It's just the nature of the business. You find something sure. that people love and you use well, it as an illustration. Well, it's good communication. Right. Yeah. So, through the course of our discussion about varying pieces of advice, uh, I told him, I go, look, the key to, to ministry when it comes to games or really anything like this is understanding that the games aren't the ministry. It's the people at the table that are the ministry. And it's really easy to get caught up in the games. But it's the stuff that happens when you're not at the table where the real stuff happens. And that has to be your focus. The games are just what brings you all together. Yeah, and this is always a difficult topic to discuss because we don't want to to let anybody think that what we're saying is you shouldn't do evangelistic messages. No, we... Yeah, no, there's definitely a place for it. Just not at the game table. What we're doing here is... I I trip over my own words. Because the kind of conversation that we were having with this group of guys, and that we have with a lot of pastors, to be honest, are professional-level conversations. Okay? And I know nobody wants you to say that there are professionals who do ministry, but the fact of the matter is, yes, there is. We we went to school and paid a large sum of money to get a piece of paper that says we're professionals at this level. We are experts. Uh, but as a professional, as the guy who stands up in front of 100,000, 5,000, whatever it is, people, you have a different form of communication and a different type of ministry than all of the rest of us. Right. Well, don't get him as wrong. We want to help that guy too. But chances are, I well, actually, you know, I don't know. We probably should do some research. But <laughs> chances are, most of the people listening to this show right now don't have a congregation to talk at. They just have buddies. Right. And it's a very different style of ministry very different style of communication of evangelism that we tend to focus on and that we tend to teach here. Not because one is right or one is wrong, but because I th- we think that's our audience. Exactly. And that's that's why oh, we're And by the way, we're better at this version. Yeah. Oh, we're so much better at this version. <laughs> but uh, to kind of bring in why I'm bringing up Dan and his buddies, this week... I spent a lot of time playing games that aren't the new hotness, that aren't the kind of games that get people into the hobby. Like, they're not the evangelistic games. They're not the, yes, this is great, you should do this, and then you'll be a gamer yourself, and then you'll go out and make other gamers. And No, I I played a four-hour game that is relatively unknown. Because if I talk to you about Plaid Hat, I promise you the first games that people that are in gaming will mention... Not City of Remnant, unless you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that that made these games great 
I mean, just think back to the conversation we're having. Ascension. It's a mediocre game at this point. Not because it was bad. You know, there's a reason I bought it. It's a great game. But there are just games that have come out since then that do it better. Machikoro. Fun game. But if you really break it down, you can learn it. You can learn it and master it and know how to win. Sheriff of Nottingham. If you just go mechanically, dull as dishwater. But it's the stuff about the people at the table that make it brilliant. And so I think that that there's something to be said here about the fact that these games are great, but you need the people. I mean, one of my favorite card games that I've mentioned before on this podcast and will continue to mention because it's fantastic is Once Upon a Time. If you aren't there to play with those people, if you are there to win that game, you've lost that game because it will be a horrible experience and no one will like it. And no one will like you. (laughs) It will be a waste of your time because you're not there for those people. You are there to win a game. Right. And I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I've spent way too much time on, on Twitter and having people worry more about games than people in the most destructive way possible. But I think there's a time that we just have to stop and say, look, these games are cool, but these people are way cooler. Well, and I think, you know, you mentioned it already, but, you know, we talked about the the kind of difference of mindset, the difference of feeling when you play an older game versus when you're playing the new hotness. Um, that is also a, a difference in community. Um, you know, you're able to connect with people on a whole different level. And, uh, you know, when you're playing a game that you're playing maybe for the first time and it's a little bit more of a complex game, there's no time for conversation. Your right. brain is processing hard on the game you're playing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have plenty of time for conversation afterwards, but, you know, I, and I've said it a, a bunch of times, but, you know, I play Ticket to Ride with the same group of people. It's almost like we're not even looking at the board. We can play the board without even thinking about it. And so the conversation just flows right over the game. And, and I'll back that, too, because the guy that I played Ascension with is my buddy Kevin. Kevin's the guy who I play with every Thursday night. It's usually either Netrunner or Doomtown. Right. When we first started playing Doomtown, we were learning that game. And we played for, like, two or three hours and got a game in, and everything that we talked about was learning that game. I put Ascension down in front of him. And I basically said, dude, this plays just like Dominion. It's just slightly different. And because he'd played Dominion before, he goes, oh, I got this. Yeah. And then proceeded to beat me senseless for the couple games that we played. But I still had a blast. Like, my wife asked me, she's like, is it okay? Because he, he kind of beat you up bad. And I, I said, yeah, it's fine. Because we were having a blast. We were having a lot of fun. We were talking about stuff. And we were just having a great time on a game that is pretty light and easy to grab. Right. And it's because it, at that point it stopped playing. It stopped being, we're playing Ascension. It became, I'm playing with my buddy because I've had a really long week and I really just want to play a game with somebody I like. Right. I, you know, and here's the thing. I love them both. Oh, yeah. I love doing both. But when we're talking ministry, I think probably a little bit better to lean toward the 
slightly easier, slightly well-known, slightly more conversational kind of games. And and when in doubt, when it comes to ministry, I don't care what banner you hang over it, always lean towards the people. Yeah, absolutely. Which means don't play Munchkin. <laughs> well, you'll be leaning towards the people for other reasons entirely if you're playing Munchkin. So that was uh, that was Halloween. I had not one person come to my house. We we other than apparently one jerk kid because of the fact that we have my dog and you know we wanted a nice quiet evening, we did the I I it's the it's the problem of of Halloween candy and we're like, "Oh, we'll just put the bowl of candy out and we'll be fine." You got it. We were fine most of the night. But then when it came down to, okay, anybody who's come has already come. Let's just bring the candy in. My wife went out to find candy all over our front steps because one kid had apparently just, like, dumped most of the bowl in his bag. Other than that, we had a pleasant evening. (laughs) He probably wasn't even wearing a costume. Probably not. So, folks, I hope you had a better Halloween than we did. But if not, go play a game. It'll make you happy. And be on the lookout for uh, Inroads Plays. Uh, I know that we said at the last recording that we were going to have Inroads Plays up. Things went a little sideways. The the whole thing with you know having to take my wife to the ER happened at that point. A little sideways. So Things that happened. didn't happen. We're going to record tomorrow night, and you can even look God willing. the yes, and we're even going to chop up if you haven't watched session one because you started watching it and went oh my gosh it's an hour and 40 minutes we are actually going to i've been talking with jeff and we're going to get that chopped down into two smaller like 45 minute sections so be looking forward to that because that's that's going to happen as well and as always if you need content go to inroadsministries.com there's lots of it there you can find out more about us you can connect with us uh inroadsministries.com slash connect or is that Contact or is that gamestormprofits.com? I don't remember. <laughs> but <laughs> just go to inroadsministries.com. You, you'll find it. Uh, if you can listen to a podcast, you can certainly figure out who we are on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think I think that'll do it. So, as folks, as always, remember that God is a game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>